0: Welcome to another edition of the Rider Nation podcast, talking all things Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the CFL. On the show today, Michael Ball, the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm Mazmue Fly, along with Kelly Kirsch. Ballsy, welcome to the show. And uh, before we, we, we jump into other things, when you got the job I saw on social media, I don't know if it was on Twitter, did you say that you have been dreaming about this job since you were six years old or nine years old?
1: six years old. I, uh, I used to commentate. My grandpa died when I was right around six, actually died. Uh, the Saturday of the gray cup would have been 1978. I'll never forget that. And, um, so I guess it would be turning seven, six, turning seven that next summer. Uh, it was a lonely summer for me. My dad wasn't very good at sports and my brother's one year old, one year old. So he couldn't throw the ball with me. So I used to throw the ball in my, in my uh, grandparents' front yard, while listening to the rider game on the radio, they'd be getting their asses kicked by the uh, Eskimos. Then with Warren Moon and Tom Wilkinson and all the guys. But on the grass, I'd be making up the you know uh, my own stats, and the riders are winning in my head. And so yeah, I'd be commentating the games to myself, and I did it my uh, yeah. That's why I got into broadcasting to actually be the voice of the Rough Riders. So, now when I told Kelly you were going to be on the show
0: he listed uh, go through your list there, this is you're in a very esteemed company because only how many people have had the play-by-play job Kirsch well I was
2: I was thinking about this it, it's been one of those jobs that uh, you know there's the, there's the premier of the province the quarterback of the riders and then the voice of the riders that is it's not just a play-by-play gig it's a it's a job that's as you know Michael you know 12 months a year speaking at all kinds of different you know you know dinners and all over the province that just goes to the territory it's very very important and and i was thinking about you know legendary ron barnett who did it in in the 70s tim dancy who has passed away did it for a while jeff courier who moved on to winnipeg he did it for a long time of course rod peterson and and then derek taylor so that is a and that is quite a quite a, a a list of of legendary broadcasters hall of fame sort of types and then you think okay it's my turn to do this and i'll tell you i listened to your first you know preseason game and you sounded like you would just been doing it for 10 years it was uh it was uh, to to my ears an easy transition but i don't suppose it was i imagine you were absolutely uh nervous and and wound up and wanted to do a great job and 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 it turned out you were just bang on right off the top well well you guys i there's
1: i i'm excited I'm passionate. I'm not going to hide that. I don't think that'll ever go away. I think it's kind of one of my calling cards early on, four games in. That's kind of what I'm hearing from a lot of people. You're excitable. You make a uh, Farhan Lalji was driving with his son back from uh, football camp and University of Washington. He said, "I hope this game is half as exciting as you're making it sounding." You and Luke are making it sound great. Luke Muller, my color commentator. So I really like that, and I appreciate the comment, Kelly. Those are the things when you they're not un, when they're unsolicited, and you're, because your friends and family are gonna tell you you're good. But when people that you don't know say it's really exciting, somebody stops you in the elevator, I can't turn it off, or I've muted the TV, or I could watch the TV, but I'm sitting in my backyard watching the games. That's that really hits home for me, guys, that I remember listening to Ron Barnett and John Lynch. And I remember listening to Tim Dancy back in the day. And I remember listening to Jeff Currier. One of my fond memories was driving home with my family from Winnipeg on a cold November day, listening to the Riders and Brian Walling run a touchdown 50 yards in the 89 semifinal against Larry Kuhark and the Stampeders. I remember like it was yesterday. So and that's what I kind of want when I'm doing the games. I want to try to paint as much as I can for the people so that I can be one of those, even be mentioned in those voices. Hold on one second. I got something here that is going to tie into the legendary name. So I only met the guy. I've only talked to the guy for like 90 seconds in my life. I've seen him wave to him or whatever. Uh, Chris Cuthbert. And he sent me a direct message on Twitter. This will tell you how, what a great guy this guy is. Okay. So I've talked to him like maybe 90 seconds. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. I really love your work. He said, Michael, I think they picked the right guy for the job. Anything I can do to help you would be great. I said, Chris, can you give me the depth charts that the, uh, that the play-by-play guys use? So he gave me, he sent wow. me the depth charts. So he gave me about seven of them. And with a note, a nice note, and he said, these have been used by Don Whitman and all the old CBC guys. And then Jeff Courier saw my social post, because I put it on social media, and he said, I use those too. So Jeff Courier, Don Whitman, Chris Cuthbert have used them. You think I got big shoes to fill? Absolutely. Hold on here. Got somebody walking in, my cleaning guy. Absolutely. See, they're kicking me out already, guys. They're firing me already. Even the cleaning guy wants me out. So my question, when you get
0: the good news, are you... Are you in an office? Is it a phone call? Is it a text? Like, where are you when you find out you got the gig, you're the voice of the riders.
1: Huh. You know, what? you'd think I'd know that. Well, my boss told me to come in and he said, it, it, I kind of knew it was going to happen, but I didn't really know. Like, I didn't know for sure. Um, you know, Derek left to take the job with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And to be quite honest and to be totally upfront, I was pissed off the first time I didn't get it. So when Rod Peterson left, I'd been doing I've been doing Ram and Kelly. You had mentioned it. It seems like I had been doing this an easy transition. Well, I've been doing Rams play by play on the broadcasts of Virginia Rams football for 19 years. 16 as a play by play guy. So I've been doing play by play, and I thought I was going to get the gig the last time. Without going into it, there was some office politics involved. Plus i had been doing a a morning show on our rock station, The Wolf in Regina. I just wrapped up my 25th year here on June 16th. That was my last day on The Wolf. And then full-time transition into this gig with CKRM. So it's kind of, I don't want to say I wasn't excited or anything like that, but I wasn't really excited because I thought I should have had it the last time. And I was pissed off. And I went through a a situation for about a week or two where I was really mad. I had an opportunity to take a job down in Kingston and Hamilton. But my son, who's a football player down in the States now, playing college ball, he was his last uh, year of high school football. I'm like, ah, I can't leave. I'm just going to stay here. I'll keep doing the Wolf. I'll keep doing the pre- and the post-game show. I've been doing that for, I guess it would have been 17 years. At that point now, it's 20 years Ryder Broadcast. I'm like, ah. So to answer your question, Maz, um my boss called me in. He said, Hey, we've decided we did an exhaustive search. Cause they did. They went coast to coast looking for people. There were some other people they were, They were interested the in. Yeah. Coast and I'm like, and I'm like, people are like, aren't you going to get it this time? I said, you know what? I hope to get it, but I'm not, I should have got it the last time. So I was excited, but guarded optimism. And then, yeah, it's, just been a whirlwind after that media request guys like you asking me i do realize kelly it is a very important job like and here's the funny thing too people have interviewed me they've asked to talk to me i've done tv interviews in town here i said to my girlfriend they do know i've been doing rider broadcast for 19 this is my 20th year it's not like i'm new to town like but it is it's a total like kelly alluded to it's a totally different level totally and you know what the people are saying to me now they're two and oh with you the voice so I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We lost our center now. If things start to spiral, it's not the radio announcer's fault. I, get, I don't get any of the credit, and I get none of the blame. I'm 0 and O after every broadcast.
2: You've got the best road trip in the CFL coming up this week. Like, it's Edmonton's fine on a Saturday night. There, there's nothing wrong with Winnipeg on a Friday night. But Montreal... On you know the weekend the summertime crescent street i mean you're getting you're getting kind of a, a, one of the little uh, you know perks right off the bat here you're you're you know you're only you know what you know four games into this and you get to experience the montreal road trip right off the top any uh sort of words of wisdom that you can pass along and, you know anybody has told you things to do and things to avoid
1: you you want the honest truth I was actually thinking yes. about this coming to this uh, little interview today. In a normal week, if it was like Saturday to Saturday, which our first few games have been, I'm all with you, Kelly. I'm seriously, I have barely looked. I because I do an afternoon talk show. We've hired a second sports guy. Got to break him in. Uh, there, it's not just radio anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's now it's social media. It's all the posts and stuff. I am. It is i you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to maybe go out with Luke Mulder for something to eat and go back to my hotel room, or I'm going to get a plate of poutine because I guess it's big in Montreal and I'm going to sit in my hotel room and work because people are once again, back to what you said, people critique you. They're all, all eyes and ears are on you. And I feel that I'm not just going to show up and do, I'm doing, I'm there on a business trip. I am there on a business trip. I know that sounds lame and that's like, yo, oh, no, you got to get out and enjoy. I'm, I'm not where I'm gearing up for. And I do want to experience Montreal. Don't get me wrong. Hopefully, I've got many years to do that. What I'm really looking forward to is I've never been way down east to, to Nova Scotia. And we're going to get a Wednesday to Sunday deal for the Touchdown Atlantic when the Riders play the Argos. So, that is something I'm really excited about. My girlfriend's going to join me on the trip. So, that's what I'm gearing up for. I'm okay with sitting. in honestly, I don't care what I miss. I'm, I gotta be, i got to be ready to go for four hours on Thursday. So, I know that sounds well, they, lame. Know, Call it it, it, you got to be
2: dialed in for that for sure, but uh, yeah, hopefully you get to have. Some, do you have some, any suggestions? Problem, a little bit here and
1: there. Have you been? I've only been in the airport. Like, where should
2: I go to Crescent Street? Is that where I go? You must go to Crescent Street. It is a must. Even if you just go and just okay, look, I'll do that. You know, it's a business trip, and and
0: they do have these things called the businessman lunch. So oh. it all kind of it's <laughs> that's, uh, right. that's what I heard. Fit, fits perfectly now i want to go back to you hosted pre and post game show Mm -hmm. on the rider radio network for a long time Mm -hmm. i will tell you some of my favorite memories of rider radio is when you before going to a commercial break would tee up let's say it's a guy named merv from canistano Mm -hmm. who has thoughts on the game and merv has probably drank 45 ounces of whiskey in three hours oh yeah i will sit through that commercial break to come back to listen to you talk to Merv, who's probably going to go on for about eight minutes on a call about the Riders. Uh, you should get a medal for having to host the, the post-game show on the call-in <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It is comedy gold from people named Blanche and Marge to the Mervs of the world to people that won't turn their radio down to just drunks in general. And people that either love the Riders so much, they're so tainted, with green glasses, or they just hate the writers passionately and
1: have to call in. Oh, you had to sit back and chuckle sometimes. We right? do. It's lucky that we don't have like on our call in show, we don't have it streamed. There's no way we've, and I think it's purposely because we do that because there'll be some times, and I love them, good or bad. We, we, hey, as long as you're watching, listening to the game, that's all I care about because I care about the CFL. I want it to survive and flourish. But there'll be times you are be like, there was one guy. And he hasn't called in years, but his name was Sheldon. We called him Sheldon the caller. And he called in one time and his wife had just had their baby. And he was so mad at the riders. He called me from his car. "Balsy, they're giving me a heart attack. And I just spit all over my windshield. Help me, Balsy, help me. Like, that's what it was. And people called for, and that's the thing about doing a call-in show. Um, it's not, you're not the star. Like, people will say, I listened to the roundtable with Ballsy. Did you hear that caller? It's the callers. You got, the callers are the stars. You make them the stars, you get the Marges and the Blanches and the guy that drank 45 beer and this happened, said the Riders should go after that quarterback in Indianapolis. And I said, who, Mark Ripp? And they're like, no, Peyton Manning. Oh, because Peyton Manning's going to leave the NFL to come to Saskatchewan. Those are, but people hear that and they're like I got it it's must listen to radio right so it's it, it, it as wacky as it is it makes for great entertainment and i i really did cherish all those i'm not going to lie to you i don't miss the the and i always this is my teammates now daniela ponticelli Don Hewitt, the veteran, and Wes Cates—they like the fact that when I do my portion of the post-game show, I get out of it pretty fast, because we would be sitting there and sitting there and waiting for Luke and the play-by-play guy to shut up so that they we could get on. Because, but like you said, there's the the listeners are still drinking at home. I'm waiting around. It's after a BC Lion game. It's 11:30. I got to be here till 2:30 in the morning, and then a lot of mornings I had to get up the next morning and do the morning show at five o'clock. So yeah it's i i so i i do miss it but i don't miss it
2: well let's let's talk about this year's riders After a great start to no and and now you, you get this i when you saw the schedule come out you knew this was going to be top back-to-back road games and a short turnaround uh and and you know we talk about montreal being an awesome place to to uh you know hang out and watch a game uh, and sometimes maybe the players maybe take advantage of that Uh, because the riders have had you know tough goes in montreal at times and been okay in others but but it's not not been great how do you assess this on on a short week short week for broadcasters very short week for 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 the the team obviously dan clark you know big injury there's a lot of storylines here Balzi.
1: big injury that's a huge injury I mean, the, every, the heartbeat of every football team is your offensive line, and he, the, the players today said he's the dad of our team. He's been here the longest. People revere him, go to him for advice. He is the captain of that offensive line. He's he's the quarterback. He's calling all the the sets and the defensive fronts and everything like that, so it's not going to be easy to plug in Logan Bandy. The Riders are pretty confident Bandy can do it. Draft pick from a couple of drafts ago from the UFC on the Banier Cup-winning Calgary Dinos, but I don't have to tell you, CF is a long way from Can West football, but Logan Ferlin, Evan Johnson can help him out. Taryn Vaughn and the Ty Rogers, I think are still going to be the tackles, although they had a less than a stellar game against the Edmonton Elks against Malik Tyne and Costigan of the, of the Elks. It is going to be unfriendly confines. The L should be two and O probably along with the Riders, so this is not going to be easy. Gary Stern, I talked to him, the owner, he's predicted a win. He's trying to do everything he can to get the fans there, so it's going to be a rowdy game. Um, but, hey, we're 2-0, and and we're keeping pace with uh, Winnipeg Gary and Edmonton. Stern
0: say that, like last week with the Argos, they're going to kill or
1: murder, or did
0: he just say that they're going to
1: beat them? He, he said they're going to them, beat them. them. He didn't say kill them. Okay. He said it's going to be a good game, but we're going to beat them. We're tough, we're physical. But, it, guys, let me ask you a question if I can. Do you or do you not agree with me? Thursday night football is stupid. Especially in the CFL. We have got... We've got four games a week, and the NFL isn't playing right now. And, in, 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 for instance, in Montreal, they're not sharing that turf with anybody. It's shared with McGill University. And last time I checked, it's in June. We're not playing any university sports. There's no reason in a big city that we should be playing on a Thursday night. And I'm not just saying that because it's Rough Rider football. Any team. The product's going to suck. The riders are going to go out there, and that's not going to be the Saskatchewan Rough Rider football team that, uh, that we can, I think correctly judge i i I don't like it i think it's dumb why don't we do one on friday one on saturday two on sunday or one on friday uh two on saturday one on sunday till the nfl starts it's ridiculous
2: yeah we we thought that maybe the timing was a little off because you know you had the formula one uh last weekend like why don't you tie get get Ryder nation to to enjoy both i i think there was a way around that uh we talked about having both uh ottawa and winnipeg back-to-back fridays I, 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 I know TSN carries a big stick in the, in the league, but I, I think a little more creativity, you're right, Balsy with, with the schedule. And it's not not fair to have, have that kind of turnaround. Road games, like even if it was at home, you'd think that maybe that would be a little bit better, but back-to-back road games and a time zone, two time zones changes, that seems a little unfair. And the thing with the CFL, with look at the, look at college
0: football in the States. It's on Saturdays. Saturdays for college football people know that people plan their lives and tv watching around that and college football thrives because of it and if well the nfl now what what are the only days of the week they don't play tuesdays wednesdays sometimes thursday no fridays but i agree the cfl should be a friday saturday sunday league even now if they don't want to do sundays for whatever reason double it up on a friday double it up on a saturday or start those saturday games early like the nhl finally clued in if you start games at one in the afternoon, you can run games. If you stagger them all day, you don't run a bunch at the same time. But I agree, especially early in the season. Then there's no reason for the riders on three days rest to be going to Montreal or whatever.
1: Now it's a slippery slope. It's a slip. No. It's a slippery slope. Sorry, guys, because yeah. TV, it's a big contract for TSN. They get, you know, the ratings are still good. They get their revenue dollars. So I get that part of it. But it's still a gate-driven league. And if somehow, I don't know if it's possible, especially with an unbalanced league, we need a 10th team. But... BC and Toronto for sure should never play on a Thursday. And I would even say on a Friday at home, you got to make it a Saturday, Sunday. So people have more time so they can come out and enjoy the festivities. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And yeah, Rider fans will be like, well, what about us? We have to travel. I get that. But we know you're, we know you're going to consume rough rider football. I'm not, I'm not poo pooing the people that drive from Saskatoon to North Battleford or wherever they have my utmost respect. But we, if do we want a league? Do we want a league? And I don't know, man. i they, they should be able to figure that out, you'd think.
0: I think so too. And just be smart and take some input from people. Like if you, I'm sure if somebody called Huff and said, Hey, Huff, you know, call accounting. When's your best days for tickets and concessions? Well, it's Fridays or Saturday. Okay, good to know. Start doing that. And then, yeah, Toronto. And I agree. Although, the Rider Tuesday night preseason game could be genius. I don't know. Maybe it just needs a little more time to uh, work mm. into the psyche. It yeah. was so weird watching the Ryder game on a Tuesday night. I, I loved it because there was nothing else on. But Tuesday night CFL football, not a fan. No. I want to go to Dan Clark. You are around the team a lot. You probably know these guys on a personal level somewhat. When you saw it happen, did you know instantly this is over for Dan?
1: Well, he got he got rolled up earlier in the game. Slow to get up, but he was okay. Yeah, I I didn't like I saw him on the turf after the run, and it's just the, yeah, your your heart kind of sinks. We won the game, but it didn't really feel. It feel like you won the battle, but not the war. And it, it is a really huge injury. I remember I was sitting at lunch with Luke Mullender, and you know. The Riders are supposed to win. And I said Riders, but I did say Riders by 10. I said, I said 30 to 20. So it was 26, 16 kind of played out how I thought. But I said, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. Something always happens here. I have in the pit of my stomach, there's going to be a catastrophic injury for this team. Luke goes, you know who we can't afford to lose besides Cody is Dan Clark. Boom. That's what happens. It's just kind of one of those things where you've seen it happen before. And as a rider fan, you kind of have like an Edmonton Oilers fan that I am. You have the, uh, you know, the PTSD and that's kind of as a rider fan, you know, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. And then you speak about Cody. He's at practice today. I saw him on the bus. There's things that happened that I don't report on because I'm part of the team now. So I'm not going to be one of those guys with, I'm not doing that, but he didn't have a brace on his left knee. And I know he was, um, he, he he was kind of mentioning to one of his teammates that he, you know, he was kinda of nicked up in the knee area and I won't go into it, but he says he's okay. He's got a, a left knee brace, so that'll be something to watch too in the game, you know, his maneuverability. And he might need that now with kind of a makeshift offensive line.
0: Did you see a change in Cody last
1: year when all that social media stuff kinda of swelled up and hmm. took over? Yeah. <sighs> you know, I think if Cody could, not necessarily that, because he's a passionate guy, so I don't ever want him to not be Cody Fajardo. But I think he didn't need to call out his dudes in terms of the receivers. I thought that wasn't a very good look. Darian Durant would never do that. Um, Ricky Ray, who just went into the Hall of Fame, he never did that. I don't think I ever saw Anthony Calvillo do that. Although Calvillo was an immature guy with Hamilton, if you remember. Calvillo, when Hamilton was done, he had an opportunity when when Hamilton he was done in Hamilton he had an opportunity to go two places the riders Jim Daly and and uh they were looking at him to come to Saskatchewan and the riders decided now we're gonna go with uh Reggie Slack and uh and 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 Anthony's like yeah and Anthony's like you know what I uh I just want to go behind Tracy Ham anyway so he learned from a good guy he and, and he probably, rec- you're laughing, he, rec- can you imagine that? Yeah. He recognized that he needed a veteran presence. And so he learned from Tracy Ham. but you know what I mean? That's the only thing I think Cody would probably take back freaking out in the sidelines. Didn't have a very good look, but sometimes that stuff's misplaced too. Like you watch Shaq Evans and I've actually sat down with Shaq a bit. Shaq throws his helmet and he gets mad and it looks bad. Yeah. But anybody I've talked to and then sitting down with Shaq, it's not that he's pouting because he's not getting the football. It's more he's mad at himself. He he's said, i got to control my anger better. I do have anger issues, and he, he took some steps to do that in the offseason, but none of it's directed towards his teammates. And I don't know if you guys have watched it. He looks like the Shaq Evans of a couple of years ago, which is – good for the riders, especially with Duke Williams kind of wonky, and I don't think Duke's going to play this week on a short week either in Montreal, so.
2: Well, Balzé, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, that that reworked linebacker crew, which I think mm. might be the best three guys they've had, I, I don't know when, like, you'd have to go back a ways, and, and to see the, the comeback and the long comeback that Larry Dean went through um, and Derek Moncrief when he's not getting thrown out of the game, I really think those guys are going to lay some havoc in the league this year. Yeah. What are your thoughts on seeing them up
1: close. Yeah, I agree. And and it's funny, Kelly, because I'm just trying to think about that. When I see that linebacking core, I think of Tyrone Jones and James Wild West and what Winnipeg had there, right? Um, yeah. In terms of the riders, I'm trying to think about it. It would be Eddie Lowe, Dave Albright, and who was the other guy? Was it Alapate? Tune Alapate, yeah, no, uh,
2: Billy, Billy, Jackson was Billy
1: Jack, Billy Ray Jackson. Yeah, they have a great linebacking core. And you know what else is cool? This is what I love. We don't. I was banging on Canadians in the whole reducing Canadians, and I'm very patriotic. If you guys follow anything I do, I'm very patriotic. I'm not against Americans. Two greatest Rough Riders. They have their statues. They're Americans. Lancaster and Reed. But the Rough Riders last week played with. Eight starting Canadians, one more than they had to. They had Mitch Picton, they had McKinnis, they had Kean Schaefer Baker, they had Dan Clark, they had Logan Ferland, they had Evan Johnson, they had Mike Edam, and they had Nelson Lacombo. Then, when Derek Moncrief spun a bearing and got kicked out of the game after getting his interception, they I thought, okay, well they'll bring. What are they going to do? Are they going to move? Uh, are they going to move Sankey to the middle? Uh, bring in uh, Nigel Harris and have Larry Dean in there. No. They brought in Jaden Dolkey, the Canadian kid from the Alberta Golden Bears who has been throwing his weight around, and I just absolutely love that. I love the fact the riders aren't pigeonholing anybody by their birth certificate, because you know, certain guys are playing in a certain spot because they're Canadian, but back to what you said, Kelly. Love it. And what a story! Like Sankey's a great story in terms of second year, 97 tackles last year. Great free agent signing. Moncrief is gonna be unbelievable. Well, he is already unbelievable, and he regrets kind of freaking out there. Um, and and then you get, then you get Larry Dean, and and I I'll be honest with you, I didn't think Larry Dean was gonna make this football team. Uh, Micah Tights was a revelation last year. Micah Rex's groin opens the door for Larry Dean, this veteran guy who was homeless for a lot of his life with his mom. Uh, comes onto the roster, he knows adversity, comes back from an Achilles injury, and when he got that Achilles injury 14 seconds into training camp last year, one of the five guys that went down, or even before training camp, he could have left, he could have gone back home. He stayed here every day, worked with the athletic therapists, worked with the doctors, worked with Clint, the uh, the strength and conditioning coach, stayed focused, stayed stayed on the sidelines, was a leader, and I'm so happy for him. He's looking really good. Uh, two games in a row with seven tackles each game. Uh, a forced fumble that really swung it in the Riders' favor when it was kind of in doubt. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Kelly. What? A, the, it's gross. It's an embarrassment of riches. And then, and then you got your secondary too. Jeremy Clark, Damon Webb. The Damon Webb doesn't even see the field, and that guy could probably start in the secondary of a few teams in the CFL.
0: Do you think if the Riders are going to go where we all want them to go this year? That we can af- that we could go zero three against Winnipeg this year and still have any sort of plans to hmm. host in that Grey Cup game and because uh, you have to be you sooner or later I think have to beat the Bombers.
1: They're not they're not the Bombers of old. They're they're not. They're still the champs. You still got to give them respect, but Andrew Harris not being there. Affects their running game. Those guys don't fall forward, forward. Those other guys, like he got those, he'd get tackled at three and fall forward for two, and it'd be like it'd be like second and four. You'd have him at three yards, and then he'd fall forward and get five. Right? Those guys aren't there yet, so that that affects them. It affects them in terms of blocking in the backfield. Uh, they lost Kenny Lawler, they lost Darvin Adams. Now they replaced him with uh, Greg Ellingson, who's a great receiver, but it's not the Hamilton Tiger Cat Greg Ellingson. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bomber version. Now I'm not as sold on the Blue Bombers as everybody else. I think they're a good football team, but I think if I'm, well, my power rankings for myself, I have the Riders 1, Calgary 2, Winnipeg 3. That's how I would put your top three teams through two weeks. That's what I would say. Riders, Calgary, Hamilton, or Winnipeg. How can you, the Calgary Stampeders, man. We were throwing dirt on Bo Levi Mitchell's grave uh, about uh, 26 minutes into that game in Hamilton. And at the end, he had a 300-yard passing game, and they won. Calgary Stampeders are going to be in the mix. And we say, oh, the Stampeders had a down year last year. They lost in the semifinal in overtime to the Riders in the toughest place to play in Canada when their special teams sucked, and their special teams never sucks. So Calgary's going to be in the mix. Winnipeg lost a lot. They lost some key guys on defense. Alexander's not right uh, not right, right now in the secondary. Uh, they've given up a lot of passing yards. So I don't think we're going to get swept by the Bombers to answer your question, Maz. Um in this league you just got to make the playoffs. Let's be honest. It's not the it's not the NFL. You just got to make the playoffs. And back to me being a 6-year-old kid. I don't know how old you guys are, but I've watched a lot of bad football in my life. Good football too, but I grew up from the time I was what I knew rider football to be, which would have been 77 to 88. Ever since they introduced Gainer the Gopher, we didn't make the playoffs from 77 to 88. We got our butts kicked by BC, won the Great Cup in 89, had a couple of okay years in 91. Then there was a really bad stretch. And then uh, Shivers comes in. Now he's going to the Hall of Fame because of it. And then there was a nice, probably the best stretch of Rough Rider football since I've been alive from 07 to 2014. And who can bitch with Craig Dickinson? We went to the West Final two years in a row and lost... When inexplicably, no disrespect to the Dairy King, Mitch Pickton, but we threw it to Mitch Pickton on third and three when we should have targeted Shaq or somebody in that game last year. And the year before, we had a goalpost with a banged up Cody and we're a goalpost away from going to the Great Cup. So, yeah, it's it's that's football, man.
0: On our first podcast, um, obviously, I want the Riders in the Great Cup. I want the Riders winning the Great Cup. That's the passion in me. The logic in me says think the stamps have a lot left i said stamps in the great cup i think against montreal for you got to pick some team from the east and that the stamps win the great cup this year or whatever because a lot of people are like Bo- bo's done i'm like i don't think so i think huff and Dickey know enough about quarterbacks mm. they would know if uh, their quarterback was done and i think yeah the game in, against hamilton he just did his thing he there's nobody that throws a deep a nicer deep ball than him. When he can just lay it in there like that, and it's like, like Cody. God, I just. If you, if you're picking up pointers, a little a little Bo Levi and you know that touch pass, he's Man, been I'm better gonna, though, Cody. He's been better yeah, with the has. long ball. Yes, I, I it think so. Seems like there's like it's just what is it, a foot or a foot and a half? It's either too high, too low. This side, that side. If he's if he's right on there, he's unstoppable. So.
1: You're right. And the, be- hey, and the best friend of a quarterback is a running back in a running game. And Jamal Morrow looked good last week. He's one of the performers of the week with over 100 yards on the ground. And this Hickson kid out of Liberty, too, has got some pop to his game. So that's an interesting uh, thing. And if you want to see good football, guys, and I think you're both students of the game... Watch Awachi and James Tuck. Those two fullbacks that they bring in in those sets, they were clearing holes. Those are two really good football players. So uh, watch for them. And uh, hey, give give Moss credit. He he went when the game was in doubt. He's like, well, we were running the ball pretty well. Let's get back to it. And that's what they did. They took control of the game. Edmonton comes with a blitz. They drop coverage on the guy called the Dairy King, uh, Mitch Picton, because his family's tied into the Dairy Queen restaurant. Yeah, Cody rolls out to the left. And who was like, oh, God, Cody, don't miss that open guy. He's wide open, hit him. And he did, and it was, hey, good win. People are like, we didn't blow him out. We won in Edmonton in a rider. In a rider, in Rider Nation, we won a football game in Edmonton. Get the hell out of Dodge.
2: Hershey yeah, somebody told me uh, that uh, there's no uh, there's no uh, pictures on the uh, scorecard uh, in golf, and uh, there's mm-hmm. no, like, beauty points in a win for the CFL. So two points is two points, whether you win by 20 or one, doesn't mm-hmm. matter.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%.
2: Um, I had mentioned
0: in our last podcast, Chris Jones on the sidelines, a couple minutes in, TSN goes to him three minutes in and he is swearing a blue streak mm-hmm. up and down they're like well if you read lips it's probably not a good time to be watching chris jones or whatever i had said to kelly i liked when chris jones was here because for whatever reason and maybe they weren't great but i didn't think the writers were gonna get pushed around and was he the long-term answer no but i didn't mind the chris jones era in saskatchewan it was interesting there's headlines you were there was he a I think he's a good football coach. Is, is he a good football
1: coach? Does he get too much credit or not enough credit? No, he's a good football coach. I think in general, football coaches and quarterbacks get too much credit and they get too much blame. And it's the only sport where you're tied record wise. Like, think about it. Nobody says, wow, the Edmonton Oilers with Jay Woodcroft and uh, Miko Koskinen in the net are 18 and 8. But these guys. You know, Craig Dickinson is married to Cody Fajardo. Cr- Chris Jones is married. But here's the thing about Chris Jones. I don't know that he he's a good coach and he's a good guy. Like, I don't have any problems with Chris Jones. But Chris Jones, I don't know that he values Canadian talent. And I don't know that he values the quarterback position. And mm. you don't win in this league unless you have a quarterback and good Canadians. It's been that way forever. And that's the beauty of the league. It's a thinking man's game. I love it. You got to strategize. You got to strategize in the game. You got to strategize during the week. Where are you going to put your Canadians to to have the optimal chance to win? In the offseason, where am I going to sign which Canadians am I going to sign? It'd be it, it is the thinking man's game and and I don't know that he puts enough emphasis on the quarterback. He just thinks his defense can win. Just get the best athletes they can win. Well, that's not the case. Now, will they be better? You don't want to be playing, and they played pretty good against the Riders. You do not want to be playing Chris Jones at the end of the year. Here's how it plays out. His team probably finishes 6-12, and 12, lose some close games. Next year, his team probably is at 9 wins. Then the following year, they'll be in the mix for the Grey Cup, depending if they get the quarterback situation right. But, Let me ask you two fellas this, Kelly. When he won the Grey Cup in 2015, who was his quarterback? Mike Uh, Mike Riley. (laughs) Mike Riley was his quarterback. You got to have a. When's the? Here's a question for you fellas. Put your thinking caps on. When's the last mediocre? Eh, that's not a great word. They're pro athletes. When's the last average quarterback won a Grey Cup? The last guy that wasn't a star quarterback win a great cup. Think about that.
0: Um, hmm. if, if I say. Kerry Joseph, when the riders won, he, he w he was okay, but he wasn't like, he wasn't
1: Ricky Ray. He wasn't like the star of the league, but, but he was the MOP that year. He won the MOP award that year. So whether, whether that's what yeah.
2: it's not like the NFL where you can grind it out and, 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 uh, have Trent Dilfer as your quarterback and win the Super Bowl. I,
1: I'm not going to totally poo-poo what you said, Mass, but the but I would consider him above average. He he yep. was he elite. I don't know. He was elite that year enough to get that's the true. MOP, which got him traded out of town. <laughs> uh, but that's another story for another time. That's Eric Tillman, the last mediocre quarterback to win in the NFL was, I believe, Trent Dilfer in 2000, yeah, Super Bowl yeah. with the Ravens. Well, the next year in the CFL, Marcus Crandall was the quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders in 2001 when the 8-10 and Wally Buono-led Calgary Stampeders beat the 14-4 and Kahari Jones quarterbacked Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the Big O. That's the last time a quarterback that was not considered a, a, a franchise quarterback— Won a great cup. Think about it. Everything, every every time since it was Anthony Calvillo, it was Ricky Ray, it was Dave Dickinson, it was it was Damon Allen, Bruce. it was Travis Lule, it was Kerry Joseph, it was Henry Burris. I mean, right? So you gotta win Canadians and quarterbacks. It's not rocket science. If I'm running a team, yeah, they all like to go to they all like to go to Florida or Vegas for their free agent camps. Why not? It's sunny, it's hot. We can have a couple of wobbly pops and get our players. If you really want to win, get a quarterback. Give me the next Bo Levi Mitchell, and. Get me some Canadians. Let's have a free agent camp in Brandon. How does that sound? Give me a free agent camp in Brandon and find me a Canadian. And then I'm going to hire. So that's what you're doing, Maz. You're throwing me a free agent camp in Brandon. And Kelly, I'm giving you hundred grand, And all you're going to do is go find me Bo Levi Mitchell. Because they can change all the damn rules they want and hash marks and all this type of crap. Check this out. Nobody's ever said this. The Sorry, I'm on a rant now. But give me a second. Oh, the Canadians. we got to minimize the Canadians. We must be down in scoring because our Canadians are crappy. How many elite quarterbacks are there in the CFL right now? I'll tell you. There's one. Bo Levi Mitchell. Zach Kalaros is Kerry Joseph in 2007. He's above average, but he's above average because of the guys around him. Because an offensive line blocks for him. Because he had Andrew Harrison weapons and a great defense. He's the MOP because of that. Cody Fajardo is... In his third year starting, I would say he's above average, but not elite. Dane Evans ain't elite. Nathan Rourke ain't elite. Uh, There's nobody in Edmonton elite. There's nobody in Toronto elite. There's nobody in Montreal elite. There's nobody, uh, I said Hamilton already. There's nobody in Ottawa elite. Tell me an elite quarterback. The scoring is down because we've never had average quarterbacking across the board like this. That's the bottom line. Think about it. You're one hundred percent correct. I, you can't disagree. W- I want to ask
0: about this. I think he's quietly done a great job, and he's—you don't see him much. He's not—he's not Jerry Jones looking for screen time or mm-hmm. you know, sound clips on the internet. Jeremy O'Day is the writer general manager, quietly doing an outstanding job, if you ask me. Finding guys along with his team, bringing in talent to be one of those. To me huff is the best talent evaluator in yeah. the cfl and they've always had a pipeline of bringing in like they bring in everybody else's soon-to-be free agents like the darnell sankey's they find them somewhere or whatever but i got to give jo credit and the riders or whatever over these past few years look at that that d line they put together last year finding all of these guys or whatever would you agree? J.O. quietly
1: has done a pretty nice job. J.O. and his guys. Kyle Carson. Where did he come from? He came from Calgary. Kyle Carson. Paul Jones helped build the Edmonton football team for years. He's on the staff and behind the scenes. That's the thing. You got to trust the process. And yeah, they didn't. They went a. Di- they went about it a different way. They didn't go. Spend to the limit and over the limit, like in 2013 when they hosted the Grey Cup. Not that I'm against what Brendan Tamman did. I don't think anybody should. If Darian Durant doesn't hurt his elbow the next year, they probably won two in a row. So, you know, I'm, I, it was just a different approach, but I like what Jeremy's doing. He's building for the future. He's pegged good Canadians. You got really good Canadians on this football team. I think Toronto might be on par with the riders in terms of Canadian talent and depth. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big Jeremy O'Day fan. Absolutely. Totally am a Jeremy O'Day fan. I think he's done, a, he's done a great job. Now, my thing is this, fellas. I hope Logan Bandy pans out. I really do. But so much hinge. We want to win a great cup here. There's pressure to win a great cup here. There's a guy lurking around in town, and I'm not talking about Brendan Labat. Brett Jones. Outstanding offensive lineman with the Calgary Stampeders. Brett Jones, NFL football player. Brett Jones from Weyburn, Saskatchewan. Brett Jones, whose family was rider season ticket holders. Now, I know he loves the stamps. He bleeds red and white. Uh, and I think he's looking for another NFL deal. But if I'm Jeremy O'Day, and I think he probably already has been, on the phone seeing what Brett Jones is um availability and mindset is when I asked coach Dickinson that he said you got to have want on both sides so I don't know what that means I know he has a he wants to be a dentist so I don't know if that's what he's turning his attention to because if you're smart you get I mean you want to be able to walk CFL stands for cash flow low you're not going to get rich but if you want to make money in a pinch and you love playing football why not play it in your home province uh, in a gray cup year and if there's somebody that could be as good as Dan Clark or better Brett Jones, Brett Jones, outstanding offensive lineman in the CFL. Am I
0: wrong? That would be outstanding to see that come across Twitter to be like, Whoa, I, I was reading on the internet the other day about the Brett Jones thing. I think in his NFL career, he's made $7.2 million. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if he's got enough put away, maybe he does this for just like the spirit of Saskatchewan guy suit up for
1: the riders. You know, what a story to come in. But not everybody, not everybody has, not everybody has Kelly Kirsch's money. So Kelly, Kelly well, Kirsch gets, thing, right? yeah, you know,
2: you can't just wave it
1: around like yeah I you can't do. wave it around like Kelly <laughs> Kirsch exactly so but here's the thing though uh you know y- you also when you're getting your head smacked around you want to make money so I mean let's be honest <laughs> you we all love the riders but if somebody said to me hey you get to be the voice of the Minnesota Vikings for a year and make 500 thousand you don't think I'm gonna do that
2: yeah, you're going to put another zero on your paycheck. Well, okay, I'll, I'll probably go for do that. Yeah,
1: yeah, no kidding, right? I'm going to do that. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm just throwing that out there. It'd be a great option. It's been brought up to coach. Uh, but I, I, I honestly, they hope Bandy can do it. I hope he does it. But it's not going to be easy. And he can't just throw a guy in there. Like, we're going to see. I don't care if it's it's going to be brutal for me to call but maybe a defensive touchdown, maybe a blocked field goal helps them to a, or a blocked punt helps them to a short field. You know what I mean? They're going to have to win ugly. It's not going to be a Picasso. It's going to be paint by numbers. Uh, but who knows? Maybe I'll have been on Crescent Street, Kelly. I'll be half in the bag, and then I'll be just hung over and it won't matter.
0: Uh, thanks for doing this. As, you know, Kelly and I both live in Calgary, and as far as being a Rider fan that isn't in the hotbed, and we know what it's like when you live there. I mean, it's just, it's it's all around you anything that you guys do you and the regina media um people on the internet that can provide information to rider fans that are you know far flung all over the world or whatever we really appreciate that we really appreciate this you coming on the podcast we just got this started we're just rider fans we would talk riders at work all the time like let's like everybody else Let's just do a podcast there's not enough of them going on in the world right mm-hmm. okay, now let's do this so we want to say thank you Ballsy, for coming on and doing this we appreciate it
1: Call me anytime uh, tweet me uh, at the real ballsy you can follow me there you put you tag me and I'll retweet this and we'll get it going here and also at sports cage is where you can find our uh, show and that's where we got all the information okay?